0: into 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, also 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned for cover-to-cover open book. Welcome to the Poet to Poet series. I'm your host, Nina Serrano. My guest today is Poet Laureate Mary Rudge. She's going to be talking about her new book, Jack London's Neighborhood, a pleasure walker's and reader's guide to history and inspiration in Alameda. And it's no wonder that she's written a book about Alameda, because Mary Rudge is the Poet Laureate of Alameda. They've said that she's a phenomenon who's unique but not rare. Since many literary persons like William Saroyan, Jack London, Don Blanding, Robert Louis Stevenson, Robert Duncan, and poet musicians such as Jim Morrison of the Doors, or comedian Phyllis Diller, and many visual artists, musicians, and writers, filmmakers, and actors such as Tom Hanks and peace activists not encompassed in this book have made a connection to this island that has become legendary for the genius of its people in a place so small welcome Mary Rudge poet laureate of a place so small but so powerful
1: thank you I became really interested in recording energy sources in the earth that might have come through Alameda to make so many sort of genius people connected to this really small place I had once read a book in which there was a character who drew maps for poets so that other poets would know where to go and find sources of inspiration discovered by previous poets. And I just felt when I was in Alameda that this was one of those rare and unusual places. I didn't know why. However, spiritualism was very, very important in the United States. And the Bay Area was sort of a center of people who would gather together with tents on the shores of Lake Merritt or in their homes and have seances and compare notes about what they felt, heard, learned from people who had been here before. And that sort of became the motif of what
0: i began to do and what you began to do is research your neighborhood yes i was so fortunate that
1: 55 years ago when i came to alameda as a really young mother with little children i kept having children until i had seven so when i came here i had three and i lived across the street from A former tract of land known as the Davenport Tract, it's now Woodstock Park. And Jack London's stepfather had been a tenant farmer on that land, growing corn. But the people in the neighborhood were already, some of them were in their 80s. And their parents had lived there before them in that area. And they knew a lot of stories about jack london and his family and other writers too another main writer that lived a half a block away well well his family lived a half a block away his wife's family lived a half a block away and they were named the oars and they uh, had a copra plant next to what is now woodstock park and that was robert lewis stevenson so when jack london's family was living in the park area the Davenport property, from his ages five to seven, the whole neighborhood was permeated with stories of this very, very famous, becoming even more famous writer, um, Robert Louis Stevenson. Undoubtedly, subconsciously, this little child, Jack Lennon, must have picked up all kinds of information about Robert Louis Stevenson's life, and had been influenced to pattern some of his later life, after Robert Louis Stevenson building his own ship, that is Jack and did, called the Snark, sailing in the same path that Robert Louis Stevenson had gone to Samoa, the South Seas, and it just seems like one person, whether they had physical contact with the other person or not, somehow there was a as I said, an energy source that had come to to many many people, some of whom have been named already, and some I'll tell you more about.
0: Well, it seems as this you're talking about the turn of the century here, when spiritualism was so popular in San Francisco and the Bay Area. True, and it also seems like. You were on to something when you first began looking around your neighborhood and talking to your neighbors and finding the histories of these very important writers right in your own backyard. And that has produced this book, Jack London's Neighborhood by Mary Rudge, A Pleasure Walker's and Reader's Guide to History and Inspiration in Alameda. And, of course, this is you might say, part of your job as the poet laureate of Alameda to bring forth this beautiful literary history.
1: Actually, there are a lot of wonderful photographs in it from the uh, Historical Society and from the Oakland Library. There's photographs of Robert Louis Stevenson on board ship, and going to the water was very important, which occasion? Jack Lennon to have a boat to want, desire to have a boat from the time he was a little a child 10 years old he tried to get uh, little little boats even though they were very 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 poor and everything he made children at those at, in those days didn't get to keep their own money their parents took it and so they put him to work after the 8th grade in a in a cannery in a factory and he worked in in more than one factory as a matter of fact until he was able to escape and he got into the university by coming back to alameda and studying at a what was called a cram school and that was built that was uh, adapted from a beautiful old resort hotel with fountains and a trotting field that was built in Longfellow Park, which is across from where I have lived for the past 20 years or so, where I live now.
0: So it's very natural that you would be so involved in Jack London's life and Robert Lewin Stevenson's, because these people all lived around you uh, maybe 100 years ago. True. I wasn't here then, but... All their
1: stories remain. And also other people came here. Uh, William Soroyan's older brother, who was the hero in many of his stories, and that made movies of several of his books, including the human comedy. And William Soroyan, of course, wanted to be a poet. All of the people I wrote about wanted to be poets, or had been a poet in some way. Then... Also, Isidore Duncan, who was also very poor, and her family lived in Oakland. Now, Alameda was a peninsula of Oakland at the time, so it was just like um, still walking through your neighborhood, to walk from where Isidore lived in Oakland uh, to Alameda. Isidore's family lived for some time next to Gertrude Stein's family. Gertrude Stein's family had a huge orchard and because the duncan family was very poor the older brother used to climb over the fence and steal apples to help feed his help feed the mother and the children Uh, they were she was a single parent at the time the interesting thing about some of these people is that William savoyan and robert duncan who's very well known in oakland who who died not long ago and jack london were not raised in a a two-family home a two two two-parent home they either had a stepfather were adopted or the mother was raising them without uh, any any assistance and that interested me very much because my husband left the family. And I had all of these children to raise and I thought, oh my, what what is their chance in life? And reading about Jack London and Isidore Duncan and Robert Duncan and Henry Savoyan actually inspired me and gave me confidence that my children could also turn out to be, well, if not geniuses, at least have a
0: great life, which they have had and that's probably true for many single mothers that they go through great despairs and guilts about how terrible life will be for their children and then thank goodness children generally are able to find their own wonderful way in this world
1: with a little help from our friends yes as the Beatles said well Jack Lennon's mother so far as we could learn was unwed there wasn't a record of a marriage license or a divorce paper and she married John London when Jack the baby Jack was uh, seven months old she had not bonded with him and wasn't able to nurse him didn't give him a name until he was she was forced to when he went to school and had given him over to a black woman named Jenny Prentice to nurse and to raise. And Jenny's husband, Alonzo, had been raised as white, had joined the Civil
0: War in the army. I assume on the Union side.
1: Yeah. Yes. And it came out that he, uh, had
0: African American
1: ancestry that caused him to legally be black, even though nobody knew that he was black. So he had to leave the army. They said he was too white to serve in a black regiment. Being black, he couldn't serve in a white regiment. So he was just uh, given a, a, an honorable discharge. And he met and married um a black woman, former slave, Jenny Prettis, and tried to fit into the black community, but he didn't fit in. And so the two of them decided to come to California, a new state where they felt there wouldn't be so much racial uh, prejudice so when they got out here to San Francisco uh, they had two children and Jenny had a little baby who died and the doctor who had delivered her baby uh, had delivered a Flora's baby that was the future Jack Lennon and said you know save this baby's life let this woman take him and and nurse him and feed him so that's how it happened that he grew up calling uh jenny prentice mama jenny and alonzo papa alonzo and many of his friends were mixed race in oakland and uh many of his mentors were from the black community in oakland because they were jenny prentice's friends because these people were new in Oakland, which also extended into Alameda, they hadn't the, the the black people had not been allowed to be educated. They all had all there were six hundred of them in the Oakland area and they all had to teach themselves to read, to write, and they had to found the the first of everything for themselves. The first church, first black church in Oakland first black newspaper and many of them had interracial marriages some of them were passing for white also so Jack Lennon learned to keep secrets and he never told about this part of his life he never revealed the identities of these people who were his friends but a lot of the descendants of these people who were his Jenny Prentice's friends still lived in the area when I came were still alive, and some of them still are, their descendants are. So I um, fortunately met a black historian and his wife, um, Eugene and Ruth Lasardame, and they asked me to help them gather together this black history as far as Jack Lennon was connected. And so I became interested in that aspect of his life and wrote about six years' stories for the... Post newspapers featuring the people that were Jacqueline's mentors, the politicians who were black, the teachers, the newspaper people, all who had given input into his life. So back back to Alameda, though, William Soroyan's father had died when he came here from Armenia. He had a hard time in Armenia. And he came here and he, and even though he's a, a, a minister, he had, was having a hard time and he died and his wife had to put the four children, the two girls and two boys into the Fred Finch orphanage in Oakland until she could reclaim them. Then Robert Duncan, who many people in Berkeley know and know of and who's very, very noted, was adopted as an infant by a family in Alameda who gave him the name Robert Ames was the last name but he eventually found out as an adult who who was uh, what his natural father had been named so he, he, he chose the name Duncan but he went all through school in Alameda at the time he was adopted the people who read his chart which the adoptive family believed in said that he had not appeared on this earth since atlantis so he had been here during the time of atlantis and was here now so his family of course held seances in their home and so did uh, jack london and isadora duncan's mother was raising her four children alone and isadora when they were very poor came to alameda going door to door selling lace that her irish mother had made in a basket, and um, a, a woman in Al- Alameda who lived in the what we call the Old Gold Coast around Franklin Park, across from Franklin Park, had a, was from Belgium, and she had a loom in her living room, and she made lace, and she became very intrigued with the little Isadora. And Isadora told her that she wanted to be a dancer and was teaching herself to dance by watching the trees sway and the uh, waves roll in, and that she had developed a uh, new form of dance. And so the woman was so intrigued, she said, well, teach my children. Come to my home, and some of the neighbor's children will will be there. So she uh, became
0: a dance teacher for the first time. In you know, Alameda. And is she the natural grandmother of the poet Robert Duncan? No, they're not related. But Isadora, in my book, there's a very rare and wonderful picture of a
1: painting by um, a, f- a friend of mine's husband of Isidore Duncan with uh, I think maybe 149 keys embedded into the oil of the painting to show all the doors that she opened because she was such an innovator. She uh, was the first to dance barefoot on stage, the first to uh, f- throw away the corsets and the things that women of her time period had to bind themselves in and she freed herself um, emotionally, physically, and really, really did open doors for people. That was amazing what she did. I hope people will read her book, My Life, and read the books that were written about her. And she wrote poetry, and she danced to poetry. Uh, she danced, uh, her brother would read poetry, or her sister Elizabeth would read poetry, and she would dance. Dance to is the first, one of the first, maybe the first to do that. And what about Robert Duncan? Well, Robert Duncan is very well known here in the Bay Area. He, you know, he was a living, walking testimonial to kind of what you can do with fame. And he actually had suffered a great deal as a child. When he was in elementary school in Alameda, He realized that he was different from other children. He was actually actively different with characteristics and mannerisms that were quite different from the other children. And uh, he realized that this was homosexuality and he accepted himself and um, stood stood up for himself he was horribly bullied and teased and called names by the other children in the elementary school it wasn't that they didn't like him they admired his brilliance Uh, but basically they also didn't understand what kind of person he was so they were cruel and what about jack linden's childhood same thing happened to him in elementary school in cole elementary school he was part of the first generation after the Civil War, to go to a school that was integrated. And some of the children whose parents had fought on the South carried all of those prejudices and that antagonism and that anger with them. And they actually beat him up um, on the way home from school and uh, taunted him, and he learned to fight. Um, Robert Duncan did not did not fight he accepted with a kind of tolerance and kind of a humor what was happening in his life but Jack rebelled at being bullied and just kind of learned how to outwit people by talking in a way that uh, he could out the fight or in case of fighting he just pitched in and won he was, <laughs> became a great fighter then of course there's Jim Morrison. Formerly
0: of the Doors.
1: <laughs> yes. His father was the youngest, uh, uh commandant in the Navy on the Bonhomme Ricard. I can never really pronounce it very well. And he was extremely strict disciplinarian, military discipline. Fortunately, Jim found a, a way to express himself and to rebel. <laughs> And to be his own person. So I kind of followed the trend of writers from Jack Lennon's time, the earliest time that I could find. And Sting's time all the way up through uh Jim Jim Morrison.
0: So it puts us let's say from the uh late eighteen eighties up through the nineteen sixties. Yeah, well, even beyond because Robert Duncan continued to live on beyond that. Well, this has been very fascinating. And can people use your book as an actual walking tour or driving tour of Alameda? That's the purpose of
1: it. And there's a uh, so you can go from place to place where the people formerly lived and uh, get the idea of where they lived in proximity to each other and uh, where they wrote. And there's a map in it telling a story about each of the places
0: so this book, Jack London's Neighborhood by Mary Rudge, a pleasure walker and reader's guide to history and inspiration in Alameda, is available on Amazon.com. And Mary, thank you so much for walking us through the literary history of our own region. Thank you, Mary Rudge, Poet Laureate of Alameda.
1: Yeah, welcome to Alameda anytime. It's my neighborhood too. Mary,
0: in closing, could you leave us with the words of your beautiful poem, We Who Are Luminous?
1: We who are luminous are radiant are 90% light who know a fiery fusion that makes stars and suns whose flesh is compressed of dancing atoms We chart an inner astronomy. Our nucleus, our energy, without burning our eyes, we see. There's a crust of seasons that we wear. Seeds sleep along the bones, erupt and bloom in heats and darks responsive to our moon. Flames loop and leap the arteries. There is a core of ember in the womb beyond our brightness our creation cells connect in constellations
0: of our own we who are luminous you just heard mary rudge poet laureate of alameda reciting her own poem we who are luminous thank you so much mary It's always such a pleasure to hear those beautiful words. Thank you. And the book, again, is Jack London's Neighborhood, A Pleasure Walker and Reader's Guide to History and Inspiration in Alameda by Poet Laureate of Alameda, Mary Brutch. Serrano with Jill Montgomery for the Poet to Poet series please check out my website meme to hear other programs poems and a listing of my upcoming events thanks for listening KPFA is a proud sponsor of the 6th Annual Cinema San Francisco Latino Film Festival running September 19th through the 27th. The festival
1: showcases independent and blockbuster films from the U.S. to Argentina, edgy comedies, thought-provoking documentaries, whimsical shorts, and more. The festival is proud to open this year at the Brava Theater Center in San Francisco's Mission District with
0: venues throughout the city and Bay Area. The festival opens with the premiere of Cry Now!, where Latino boho artists and musicians rule in this lyrical love story straight out of
1: L.A.'s famed Boiled Heights. Interact with visiting filmmakers and join other film lovers at the parties. With a diverse lineup, there's something here for everyone. Visit sflatinofilmfestival.org for film schedule and ticketing information.
0: This production is a benefit for CineMas. The event is wheelchair accessible.